You're listening to Devotions with Pastor Dana Williams, taken from the Redemption Church YouTube channel. Well, hey, everyone. Today, what I want to do is I want to encourage you to have confidence in what God says. We need to have confidence in what God says to walk in his ways, to be blessed, to thrive in this life. And I was reminded of this as last night we, as a church, started a four-week course uh, called Overcoming the Three Enemies of Our Soul. Uh, It's this course that's based off of John Mark Comer's book, Live No lies. Uh, We live in this world between truth and lies. And this book really deals with truth and lies and and what that means to follow those paths and how we believe uh, what we believe affects our behavior. Uh, It matters what we believe as reality, as truth, and the enemy comes to give us lies and deceit. And he's the father of lies. He deceives us. And so um, we need to combat lies with truth, with God's word with what he says and we need to have confidence in what he says to live that word by faith. Uh, we live in a world though, you know, uh, where truth is relative. People say, hey, what's true for you is not necessarily true for me. No one can really know the truth. But today what I want to do is remind you that what uh, Jesus has said is true and he is known as truth. And the verse I want uh, sort of that came to my mind I want to share with you today is from Hosea chapter 5 verses 8 and 9. Uh, It says this, Blow the horn, Gibeah, the trumpet in Ramah. Sound the alarm, Bethavin. We follow you, O Benjamin. Ephraim shall become a desolation in the day of punishment among the tribes of Israel. I will make known what is sure. Now, okay, I know that verse doesn't necessarily make sense from what I just set up as the intro. Uh, It seems maybe a little weird, but let me just give you the context of verse 8 and 9 of Hosea chapter 5. God is actually warning Ephraim, which is known as Israel, and Judah about the upcoming punishment going on uh, and is about to happen. That's why he's saying, blow the horn, Gibeah, and talking about Ramam and Bethaven and uh, Benjamin. These are all little towns and tribes in those nations. And he's saying, you need to be warned, Ephraim, because desolation is going to come upon you. There's going to be punishment. And what I say, you could bank on, you could know for sure. And so in his love and mercy, he's warning these people to repent again. In verse one of chapter five, he says, oh, hear, uh, hear this, O priest, pay attention, O house of Israel. He is speaking to the nations and telling them what is about to happen. And this is known as, in the Bible, prophecy, a foretelling of the future event. God is able to foretell things that will happen because he is God and he's able to do that. And he does that so that we could know that he is God. But they had a hard time believing. They didn't listen to God. They didn't repent. The Babylonian kingdom came in and there was punishment. Uh, It reminds me even of our study in Exodus on Sunday mornings right now, where uh, Pharaoh is reminded over and over again through the plagues, but he continues to have a hard, prideful heart, doesn't take the warning, and he doesn't repent. And so in verse 9, at the end of that verse, God says, I will make known what is sure. He's going to make known what is sure, meaning he declares reality, he declares truth. Whether we believe it or not, and whether those nations believed it or not, he was describing truth, and they had to either 
live by that truth or not listen. Uh, And this is where I'm getting at. There is truth. There is a reality that God actually declares to people and he has declared it to you and I that we can walk in and be blessed and thrive in this life. We understand from scripture, like in John 14, 17, that God is called the spirit of truth. The spirit of Christ is the spirit of truth. He gives us his spirit to teach us truth. He is the great teacher, Jesus taught us. And one of the primary ways that God gives us truth in this life is through his word, uh, by his spirit, equipping us through this word. And so you are probably familiar with this verse, but I just want to, in this context, remind you, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17, all scripture is breathed and uh, out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. So we as believers, we need to go to God and his word for truth. And we need to say there is truth and there are lies. And this is why the enemy always attacks the Bible. You've heard the same arguments over and over again. Well, they're just a whole bunch of stories or they're just made up or it's written by men. But we know uh, that there is great evidence and we can have confidence in the word of God. And that's sort of where I want to land this devotional and talk to you about. We need to have confidence in what God says to make sure that we're living by his truth. And there are a great amount of evidence um, for the trustworthiness of the Bible. Things that you and I can actually look to to be like, wow, we can trust what God has said. Now, many years ago, um, I shared an article by a guy named Charlie Campbell giving 10 great points for the trustworthiness of the Bible. You can go to www.alwaysbeready.com and find it. Or another easier thing for you to do is just go to redemptiondb.com and search at the very bottom of the website, trustworthiness or trustworthiness of the Bible. The article will pop up. But today what I want to do is simply just share these 10 points to you to sort of whet your appetite and give you some more confidence uh, of the Bible. And when God says he will make things sure, we can actually be like, wow, there's actual good evidence to believe in what God has said so we can live by it, so we can walk in reality or walk in truth. Let me give you these 10 points and just briefly go over them uh, just so you can have um, a level of confidence in what God has said. Uh, The first thing we've covered in this verse, prophecy, fulfilled prophecy. It's throughout the entire Bible. Uh, There are actually tons of prophecies fulfilled and not just throughout the Bible, but specific things like uh, Think about the Christmas story and Jesus' birth, uh, Micah 5, 2, where he would be born in, what city, who his bloodline would be, how he would die. There's so many verses uh, that just talk about Christ and his life, death, burial, and resurrection um, that it's mind-blowing and the odds are incredible. And so fulfilled prophecy is one way why we trust in the Bible because God speaks it and it actually comes to pass. Uh, a couple of other things, nine more points, archaeological discoveries. Now, Charlie Campbell said this, archaeology uh, can never prove divine inspiration and we are not claiming that it can, but archaeology can help establish the fact that the Bible is a historical document, meaning it is accurate. A lot of people say that these stories are false or they're wrong. However, when it talks about King David and the genealogy and where these cities were at, uh, archaeologists have actually discovered, um, I've seen with myself some of the coins um, from 
what this document in this book has said of the people of the time and on and their historical accuracy. It's an incredible thing. Uh, number three, the Bible's internal consistency should give us confidence. Now, what I mean by this is there are 66 books in the Bible. There are about 40 authors uh, over a 1,500-year span um, 1500 years span it was written in three languages aramaic hebrew and greek and with all of these things all of it together the the authors the years the languages it still has the same message god loves humanity it answers big questions like where do we come from and gives us our purpose and it tells about how we can have salvation and these authors have an internal consistency about who god is what his message to us is and it's incredible and so um that should give us confidence that in one this this was written in this time in this time period in this country but it all points to the same message of god and his love and redemption and the gospel um, another one is not just internal but external verification dozens of writers and um, ha and writings have been uh, outside of the bible verify the historical accuracy of it uh, one main one you may know or have heard of is josephus it talks about uh josephus was uh hired by the Romans to really study and research uh, the Israelites, and it gives you tons of facts about their culture, about the time, and Josephus, which is not the Bible, it's not even trying to sway you one way or other, talks about Jesus, talks about the miracles, talks about all this different stuff. There's external verification that what the Bible says is true, that it is accurate. Uh, the Bible's amazing scientific accuracy and foresight. Some people think that science and religion, uh, they don't go together. In fact, God made everything. He is the great creator, the great scientist, and um, the Bible does not actually contain scientific errors and actually talks about stuff way before we discovered it in humanity, before we had satellites to know about the universe and galaxies. It talks and gives insight about that, or microscopes to know how the body works and, and little cells. The Bible talks about these things, um, being born in my mother's womb, and scientific discoveries that man would come along through uh, medicine and uh, science um, technology it would say before it was even discovered uh, in that article I think it gives you uh, a link to 101 examples of scientific uh, stuff in the Bible you can geek out about it it's pretty great it's pretty awesome uh, the next thing number six manuscript evidence uh, what I mean by this is there are more than 24,000 partial and complete manuscripts for the New Testament alone meaning when you put all of those uh, books together from 600 BC to 400 BC to 100 BC or 100 BC to 100 AD, you put all these manuscripts together. 99.86 percent of you putting them together, it's accurate. They're the same document in 600 BC found in Isaiah to 200 AD, and uh, the only really difference that point four. Uh, 14 percent uh, the only difference is commas and where this the sort of punctuation is but you can put together uh, all these manuscripts and it's the same Bible a lot of people say well that's not the Bible today and they must have moved and messed it up and there's so many translations no it's written in Greek it's written in Hebrew Aramaic when you put those things together it's still the same Bible that uh, some of the Jews 2,000 years ago were reading it's quite amazing um, number seven the Bible's 
forthrightness about its authors and heroes' failures. You know, in this document, it doesn't esteem great leaders like we're studying Moses. It actually talks about how Moses killed someone. Uh, it doesn't cover up Paul's uh, past or Peter's failures. Uh, the Bible is so real, and it doesn't cover up the main character's sin or failures because Christ is the hero. And um, if this was made by man, it would exalt its leaders, but actually it doesn't. Uh, number eight, the willingness of Jesus' disciples to suffer. Did you know that most of the disciples, besides one who John, the apostle John, only got tortured, they died a martyr's death because they continue to preach Jesus and the resurrection. Most people won't suffer for a lie. And so these disciples uh, did not believe um, that these things were lies but they were truth and inspired by the holy spirit wrote it down and testified it so much so they shed their own blood so that we would know that this document is true uh, number nine the bible is transformative power for good now you have to understand millions of people They've read the Bible and been transformed. Hebrews 4 talks about how the Word of God is active and it's it's transformative. It's living. It transforms our lives. We're renewed by it. And because of the Bible, there's been so much good in the world today. Uh, there's been hospitals topped up, orphanages, uh, churches planted, people just overcoming evil with good because that's what the text says. As they applied the Bible, there's been a lot of good in our society and it's incredible. Uh, number 10, the testimony of Jesus. He's the son of God and he said to himself that scripture was true. It's truth. He, he not only said it was true, but he proved it. Romans 1, 4 says through the resurrection that his word is true and that scripture says it is true. Uh, at the end of this article, Charlie Campbell says, all 10 of these evidences, when taken together, build a strong case for the trustworthiness of the Bible. And so I hope you are encouraged by this. And like I said, you can do a deep dive, look into these evidences, read the articles yourself. But I just wanted to remind you from Hosea chapter 5 that God said, I will make known what is sure. We can stand on a solid rock, who is Jesus, who is truth, and declares that scripture is true, and we can live our lives and be blessed by it. And um, there is truth. God has revealed this truth to us, to uh, to to us with his word by his spirit and so let's just keep going to him and his word together let's keep trusting in him and i hope that was an encouragement and help really look forward to this course that we're doing but as we do these devotionals on live on uh, youtube we're trying to give you god's word weekly uh whether it be in the video or a podcast so that you can be thinking about truth and re renewing your mind and living for the lord so god bless you live for him and we will talk to you in the next video